Hello, romance book lovers. Welcome to Tales from the Heart. I am Jenna Hart, and each week I post new episodes of my stories of crime and passion. Right now, we're listening to Old Flames Never Die, book two of the Valentine Mysteries. This week is episode one, chapters one and two, where we get a first hint of a murder mystery, and we also learn a secret about Jack that could jeopardize his relationship with Tess. Now, if you'd like to read along or get ahead in the story, you can get Old Flames Never Die from your favorite ebook retailer or save by buying direct from me. You can visit jennahart.com forward slash valentine for all the links to the retailers as well as to my shop to save. Now, Old Flames Never Die is the second book in the Valentine Mystery series. If you missed book one, Deadly Valentine, you can listen by checking earlier episode postings. Or if you'd like to read it, Deadly Valentine is free at my website, zenoheart.com. Tales from the Heart is posted to podcast platforms and YouTube each week. These episodes are edited to censor intimate content for the podcast and YouTube. But if you would like to have versions that include those spicy bits, plus get early access to the episodes, behind-the-scenes information about the stories, bonus content, and more, please join me on Ream Stories. You can learn more about Ream Stories and all the perks and bonuses you can get by visiting reamstories.com forward slash Jenna Hart. Never miss the mystery or romance by hitting the subscribe button. And remember that all the details and links you might need are just a click away in the description. Now snuggle up, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Chapter 1. What am I doing? Tess looked into the antique mirror over the dresser to view herself in the teal-colored shirt that dipped down between her breasts. Did her new La Perla bra show? Turning slightly, she inventoried her butt in the skin-tight jeans. She felt like pork sausage about to burst from its casings. The very idea that she was dressed like this because it made a certain man grin and ogle was equally disturbing. If anyone told her three months ago that her house and law practice would go up in smoke and that she would be hopelessly in love, she'd think they were one peanut short of a Snickers bar. Yet here she was, homeless, jobless, and stuffing her curves into clothing clearly too small just so she could turn on a certain blue-green-eyed man. She wondered if Jack missed her as much as she'd missed him. He left Friday morning for a board meeting in Washington, D.C., and stayed the weekend to meet with his right-hand man and Tessa's former fiancé, Brad Chancellor, about business. This morning, he drove straight to Worthington Media Corporation offices in Jefferson Tavern, Virginia, for a Monday morning meeting. His next stop would be home. It was the first time since their reunion in February they'd been apart for more than a day. Jack had invited her to go with him, and even enticed her with bribes about making love in government monuments, but she had a house and a career to rebuild again, and opted to stay behind. Instead, she spent the weekend buying new lingerie at Césarier's boutique and making chocolate truffles in preparation for his return. Honey, I'm home. He called from downstairs. Showtime. She blew out a breath and called. I'm upstairs. She could hear him bounding up the stairs. Tell me you're naked. He rushed into the room, skidding to a stop a few feet from her. A slow, wide grin spread on his face. She blushed, embarrassed. How did he do that? You know what that outfit does for me, don't you? He wrapped his arms around her, 
With a hand on each buttock, he pulled her flush against his body. Why else would I spend hours to get into it? I'll be happy to help you remove it. She slid her arms over his shoulders and looked up into his striking blue-green eyes. He leaned down to kiss her. It was a kiss of renewal, as if they'd been without water for days and could finally drink their fill. They stopped only because they needed to breathe. How was your trip? Tess asked, still whirling from the intoxicating effect he had on her. Uneventful, Brad says hi. And how were things at Worthington today? I think they're beginning to see how beneficial my purchase of the company will be for them. Ah, uh, greed. Not just greed, slothfulness too. They won't have to work. Tess laughed. And what about the fact that you're related to them? I think that is the only reason they're going along with the merger. The company does technically stay in the family. Just a few months ago, Jack was the prime suspect in the murder of the company's CEO, Asa Worthington. What seemed like a little murder mystery actually turned out to be something much more when it was discovered that Jack was the illegitimate son of Asa's father, Senator Worthington. At the time of his death, Asa was planning to reveal the scandal and make it worse by turning the company over to Jack. As it turned out, the senator was thrilled to learn about Jack. Jack didn't return the sentiment. He also didn't want to be handed the company, but agreed to buy it because Philip, the only other Worthington left to run it, was inept in business. You look tired. Tess brushed his dark hair from his forehead. I am. I'm not used to working every day. He grinned, showing the one dimple that got him whatever he wanted. I can't wait to hand the whole thing over to someone. That won't be popular. It'll be my company. His hand squeezed her butt. Can we get back to this outfit and getting you out of it? I have another meeting tonight. Tonight? Tess couldn't hide her disappointment. Actually... The tone of Jack's voice had Tess thinking she wasn't going to like what he had to say. I got a call from an old friend, an old girlfriend. Oh. Tess automatically took a step back. Don't do that, Tess. Her husband was murdered over the weekend. She just needs some support. From you? He shrugged. Liv wasn't one to have lots of girlfriends. That could only mean one thing. She was tall, gorgeous, and bitchy. How about family? There's no one here. It's just dinner. You can come if you want. I figured you wouldn't want to. Why would you figure that? He shrugged and stepped away, apparently deciding sex was no longer going to happen. You're insecure when it comes to relationships. That was true, but it sounded pathetic to hear it. I'm here, aren't I? For now, but for how long? Even though I've asked you to stay, you're working on getting your home back. I have to rebuild it. It's sitting charred in the middle of a residential neighborhood. I don't want to fight about this, Tess. I love you, and I'm sorry if it bothers you that I'm having dinner with Liv. But she was there for me when my mother died. I should do the same for her. I'm not mad that you're having dinner with her. I'm mad that you think I'm not committed to this thing between us. I know you love me and you're as committed as you can be. I just wish you'd trust that my feelings are sincere. He unbuttoned his shirt. I'm going to take a quick shower before I have to go. Tess frowned at his back as he entered the bathroom. That didn't go as planned. Just because she was wary and nervous about their relationship didn't mean she was insecure. 
It's not like she didn't have good reason not to trust in love. But she was here, with him. What else did he want? Jack let the water spray over his head, hoping it would wash the frustration away. He'd had a tough day sparring with the Worthingtons. When Liv called, his first instinct was to tell her he couldn't meet her. He'd been looking forward to a reunion with Tess from the moment he'd left her three days ago. The smell of chocolate and her kick-ass clothes told him she'd been thinking the same thing. But he couldn't abandon Liv. It wasn't that long ago that she'd saved him from himself. With her help, he got back to work and ended up in a position where he could meet Tess again and be worthy of her love. He knew Tess's reasons for distrusting in love, but that didn't mean it didn't drive him nuts. Even as challenging as she could be, though, he was completely in love with her. It proved that Cupid had a sense of humor or he was a sadist. But Jack wasn't discouraged. He wasn't a man who got everything he wanted. If he were, his mother would still be alive. Turns out cancer can't be bought. But he was successful more times than not when he put his mind to something, and his mind was on Tess and convincing her to commit to him. He'd managed to get her into his home, although she thought she was just staying with him until her house was rebuilt. Jack figured he had until the house was finished to convince her otherwise. But as fate would have it, his reunion with Tess and moving a step closer to keeping her would turn out to be two steps back. He knew having dinner with an old flame was a bad idea under the best of circumstances. With Tess, it could be disastrous. But he owed Liv. It seemed only right that he'd be there for her. He picked up the bar of soap when he heard the shower door open and felt a burst of cool air. He turned to see Tess stepping into the shower with him. Immediately his body heated and his annoyance was replaced by desire. She had no idea how potent she was, which only added to her allure. She had chestnut-colored hair that naturally formed large, soft curls he wanted to run his fingers through. Indulging himself, he slipped his fingers through her hair as he pulled her to him for a kiss that was equally as potent. You're killing me, you know that? He looked into her eyes. It had been her eyes that first captured his attention. They were the color of aged whiskey and were filled with a fire that he felt burned deep in his soul. He never grew tired of looking into them. I can leave. Don't you dare. He pulled her body against his. She was small in height but had curves in all the right places. I missed you, he whispered in her ear. Her hands slid up his chest and over his shoulders. Show me. He was a goner. His lips captured hers briefly, making their journey down her long neck. Tess was guarded when he'd reunited with her. She tried to hide her passion under unflattering clothes and behind her job. But in her eyes he'd seen passion and sensuality and he'd made it his life's mission to bring that out in her. She slid one hand through his hair as the other slid lower and wrapped around him. He dropped his forehead against hers. I'm sorry about tonight. I know you made plans. Looks like we simply need to adjust them. You can see my new purchase from Cesarier's later. He let out another groan. I'm not sure I deserve you. I'm not sure either, so now is your chance to prove it to me. He grinned. No pressure? Oh, I think there will be lots of pressure. I could call Liv and cancel. You could. But under the circumstances, I think that would be rude. It's not like we're close. We haven't kept in touch. I'm not sure why she called. I am. Tess cooed. She's newly widowed, 
I don't think she's interested in rekindling a romance. That's not what I meant. If you were as good to her as you are to me and she has no friends, who else would she call? I see your point. He wrapped his arms around her. I love you, Tess. She responded with a moan he took to mean she loved him too. Come with me, Tess. Chapter 2 I can't believe I'm coming with you. Tess sat next to Jack in his car as they drove towards the center of Jefferson Tavern's old district. I was surprised you said yes. Tess rolled her eyes. I thought you were talking about something else. Jack turned to her and grinned. He reached out to take her hand and brought it to his lips. I'm glad you came. Are you talking about now or earlier? Both. He kissed her knuckles again. Seriously, though, I'm glad you're here. Liv is pretty upset. She feels the police are putting a lot of pressure on her even though she was out of town when it happened. That on top of losing her husband, it can't be easy. It's not uncommon to look at the spouse first. Tess replied. I know, I've told her that. Maybe you can tell her that too. It might reassure her since you're a lawyer. Sure. Tess wouldn't describe her feelings as jealousy, but there was definitely uneasiness at the thought of meeting leave. When she first met Jack five years ago, he seemed to have a preference for leggy blondes whose names ended with I like candy or brandy. It still boggled her mind that he loved her. Not that Tess was ugly, but she wasn't blonde or leggy. She was quite the opposite at barely 5'3", with brown hair that had curls with a mind of their own. She didn't have a dimple or a beauty mark or anything that set her apart from other women. And yet, she had the most gorgeous man ever falling all over her. She wanted to revel in it, but couldn't help but wonder when the other shoe would drop or the punchline of this cruel joke would be delivered, and he'd be off with the next tall blonde to come his way. Perhaps this was her now, Tess thought, as a blonde woman with legs to her armpits approached them. Jack, she said. Thank you for coming. Jack kissed her cheek and gave her arm a squeeze. I'm sorry about Charles. The woman sniffed. It was such a shock. I still can't believe it. She shook her head. I'm sorry. This is all surreal. Are you sure you want to be out for dinner? Yes, I had to get out or go crazy. The woman cocked her head towards Tess. Liv, this is Tess Madison. You brought your lawyer with you? Liv said, turning back to Jack. I know the police seem overly interested in me, but I don't think I need a lawyer. How'd you know I was a lawyer? I read about you in the paper. It was so wonderful what you did for Jack. To think the police thought he'd kill anyone. Well, it's ludicrous. Tess isn't my lawyer. Jack explained. Oh. The woman's eyes showed understanding. How wonderful. Tess, this is Liv Danforth. It's nice to meet you. I'm sorry for your loss. Tess extended her hand, which Liv clasped in a firm but friendly shake. Thank you. And thank you for being here. I could use all the support I can get. Tess acknowledged that she'd gone into the dinner wanting to dislike Liv, but so far she couldn't find a good reason, except for the long leg thing. They sat at a table at the back of the restaurant, allowing them quiet and privacy. They talked about all the things old friends would cover to catch up. Liv asked Jack about his business and reuniting with Tess. She talked about her life, but avoided talking about her husband, until Jack specifically asked her if she needed anything, now that he was gone. I have to go into the police station tomorrow, 
Liv said, sipping her wine at the end of dinner. I don't know why. I'll tell them the same thing I've told them twice already. I'm sure it's just routine, right, Tess? Tess nodded, but a third interview in two days seemed more than routine to her, especially since Liv was asked to the station. I mean, I wasn't even in town. I was in New York. Maybe now that some time has passed, you'll remember something that helps the police. Jack offered. I don't know what. I barely saw him that morning. He was already up and eating an egg white omelet when I woke. I left the house by 9.08 and he was still at the breakfast table. 9.08? Tess asked. Liv nodded. Yes. Charles had the weather channel on, and it was time for the local weather, which is on the eights of the hour. Anyway, from there, I went to the airport and made it just in time for the 10.30 flight to New York. I gave the police all my receipts for parking, the spa, the shopping, the show, the driver, everything. Maybe they just want to know about his business dealings or other people who might want to hurt him. You're the best person to ask about that. Isn't that right, Tess? Tess nodded again. She felt a hand grab her knee and knew it wasn't Jack trying to be amorous. The police will want to know about his family, friends, and work. Oh, well, they'll be disappointed. Except for the fallout with Bobby Wilson. I don't know much about what Charles's life was like. Tess frowned, but before she could say anything, she felt another squeeze on her knee. You should probably call a lawyer, Jack suggested. But I've got an alibi. I know, but the police can be tricky. If it weren't for Tess, I might be in jail today. You're a lawyer, Tess. Can I hire you? Tess nearly choked on the wine she was sipping. She wiped her mouth with her napkin to give her a moment to gather her thoughts. Liv, I'd love to, but my practice is closed right now, and I haven't been working. I think you should call someone who specializes in defense law. I can give you some names if you like. Tess could feel Jack's confused eyes on her. Do you really think I need to do that? Won't that make the police more suspicious? I think it's always best to have a lawyer with you when you talk to the police. Tess said. I guess I'll need those names then. So what did you think? Jack asked once he and Tess were in the car heading home. She's nice. Nice, that's it? What do you want me to say? What did you really think of her? I thought she was beautiful, smart, charming, and I can't imagine why it didn't work out between you two. Well, she could think of one reason, but she wasn't going to share that. I was afraid this might happen. What might happen? Tess wasn't sure she wanted to know what Jack was about to insinuate. That you might not be able to meet her without thinking about my past relationship with her. Is that why you refuse to help her? No, you know I haven't been working. But you've been talking about it. This would be the perfect opportunity to get back to work. Instead, you acted like she wasn't worth it, which is what I was afraid would happen if you came. Then why'd you invite me? I wanted you to see that you had nothing to worry about. Who's worried? Tess defended herself. Sure, she was a little unsettled about the idea of meeting one of Jack's old flames, but not because she thought he'd take up with her again. It was just a woman's insecurity. He glanced at her, and then the road. I thought you'd realize by now that I'm committed to you and our relationship. I do realize it. You think that by not representing her... 
I'm questioning your love for me? I know you. You're waiting for something to happen to prove that you shouldn't have let yourself fall in love with me. Waiting wasn't quite right. Wondering was more like it. My reason for not working with Liv has nothing to do with my worrying I might lose you to her. Sure, I compared myself to her. That's what the new woman in Old Flame do. I'm sure she did it too. You and Daniel do it all the time, she said, referring to the annoying pissing matches Jack and her friend Daniel got into. I'm not jealous of Daniel. Jack's jaw tensed. And I'm not jealous of Liv. I'm going home with you, and she's going home alone. I have no reason to be jealous. Jack pulled into the driveway and parked in front of the house. He sat with his hands on the wheel, looking through the windshield at nothing in particular. What's going on? Tess asked. You're acting strange. He turned to her, his face etched with worry. We need to talk. Tess's heart dropped to her feet. She knew as well as anyone that the words, we need to talk, were never followed by anything good. It sounds like maybe I should have been jealous after all. No, he said again as he reached out to her. I love you, but I need to tell you something and I don't think you're going to like it. So don't tell me. I have to. If this thing between us is going to work, we need to be honest. Tess swallowed. Whatever happened to ignorance is bliss. Let's go inside. Tess could feel the wall in her heart beginning to rise. She could see in Jack's eyes that he saw it too. I haven't betrayed you, he said. I never will. Okay, that was good. So why did he have Doomsday written all over his face? They went to the kitchen where Jack put water on for coffee. Tess sat and waited for the shoe to drop. Jack pulled a chair in front of her and sat. Their knees bumped as he reached forward to take her hands. Tess allowed it, although she didn't hold his back. I met Liv at a party I went to just after my mother died. I wasn't really in a party mood, but I needed to get out, get drunk. He let the rest of his thought hang in the air. Tess's heart softened. She had only recently come to understand the toll his mother's loss had taken on him. Anyway, Liv struck up a conversation and it started from there. She listened and comforted. I was living on the edge then, drinking too much, doing crazy things. I didn't care. She kept me grounded or as grounded as I could be, behaving the way I was. I'd probably be a homeless bum if it weren't for her. I'm glad she was there for you. But you don't need to explain your relationship with her, Jack. I told you that I'm not having any fears about it. He pulled her hands to his lips and kissed them. My mother died two years ago, Tess. Yes, I know. Liv has been married to Charles for six years. Tess sat for a minute wondering what one bit of information had to do with each other. Then realization dawned. She stared at him. Then, pulling her hands back, she stood and moved away. She was married. Tess couldn't breathe. On an intellectual level, she knew her reaction was over the top. After all, he hadn't betrayed her. But the idea that Jack could be involved in infidelity was so out of the realm of what she believed about him. He wasn't that type of man. There had to be an explanation. Did you know she was married? Yes. And you did it anyway? Yes, I can tell you what I was thinking at the time, but it doesn't excuse it. Why did you do it? Jack sat back in his chair and ran his fingers through his hair. 
I wasn't in my right mind after my mom died. I was bitter that I could have all this money and success, but not save the one person that mattered most. I was drunk or getting drunk most of the time. Liv and Charlie's were having problems. They were separated and she said she was filling for divorce. Separated, filing for divorce. That was better, wasn't it? She looked at Jack and saw disappointment etched in his face. She could see this was hard for him. With her, there were brief moments when the pain was gone. What about Cora? Jack sighed. Cora tried to help, but only Liv would let me do what I wanted. Which was drink and have sex with a married woman. Defeated, he dropped his head. Something like that. So what happened? He laughed. This isn't funny. He looked up at her then. No, I'm laughing because I think you'll appreciate the irony of this. It was Brad who told me I was throwing away my life and that my mother would be sorely disappointed. Brad? Her ex-fiancé and Jack's chief operating officer wasn't the type to intervene in anyone's crisis. The only explanation was that Jack's behavior was impacting the company's bottom line. Brad wouldn't tolerate that. Jack smiled. Who would have thought he had scruples, eh? Anyway, he convinced me to get back involved with the business. I wasn't quite ready then, but I broke it off with Liv, who took it well. Then, I went away for a while to get my head together. When I got back, I decided I wanted to honor my mother by living how she lived. All out, carpe diem and all that. But until I met you again, I was still carrying around a huge hole. With you, I'm... If you say I complete you, I'm going to walk out of this room. He gave a faint smile. I just feel normal again. Better than normal. I don't want to lose that, Tess. She rubbed her hands over her face and then looked to him. So, why are you telling me this now? I told you. Why now? Why not before we went to dinner? Jack gave her a sheepish expression. I thought I wouldn't tell you ever. I didn't think it would matter. I told myself it wasn't the same type of betrayal you experienced. Cheating is ch I know that. I was just trying to avoid it, but then tonight in the car you told me you weren't jealous. I realized I had the trust I thought you were denying me, but I didn't deserve it. I had to come clean and hope you'd forgive me for not telling you sooner or for doing it at all. I would have never thought you'd do something like that. I'm not perfect. The tightness in her chest that had been loosening began to burn. What does perfect have to do with it? Since when does decency require perfection? There has to be millions of non-perfect people who've never been involved in infidelity. I made mistakes because I didn't handle my mother's death well, but I am decent, Tess. Since we have known each other, I have never done anything to make you question my feelings for you, have I? She shook her head. It was true. In fact, of the two of them, she was the one who'd always put a wrench in their relationship. I will never betray you. You have my word. This is not a little thing, Jack. I wasn't just angry at Brad when I caught him cheating. I was angry at the other man. They both knew he was engaged, but slept together anyway. I know. I was hurting and alone and pissed off at the world. I didn't care about me or Liv and certainly not Charles. She was hurting too. If she wasn't separated, it probably wouldn't have happened. Probably? Jesus, Tess, I don't know. I only know that at the time her separation was the reason I decided it was okay. 
she told me she was going to file for divorce. If I didn't care about other people's commitments, I would have tried to seduce you when you were with Brad. I may have made a bad choice, but I believed Liv and Charles were over. But she didn't leave him. I don't know if she did or not. We were over about as quickly as it started. They must have reconciled. But I don't know what he knew, or if he knew. I'm not like that now. I've got myself together. I'm happier than ever, and that's because of you. She stood, watching him, wanting to believe him. A part of her did believe him, at least the part about his love for her. But if he could be a part of infidelity once, didn't that mean he could do it again? Tell me you believe me. I made a mistake once in a horrible time in my life. You aren't really going to make me pay for that, are you? It's not a matter of punishing you, Jack. It's a matter of trusting you. He stood then, walked to her. You know all my secrets, my demons. I've been honest with you, Tess. He stood close, but didn't touch her. He was waiting for her to make a move. She could see the uncertainty in his eyes, as if he knew that she could just as easily move away as toward him. She had to give him credit. He could have kept the secret to himself, or at least not highlighted Liv's marital status. By showing his past mistake, he was trying to tell her he could be trusted. A little tinge of guilt crept into her gut. Since you've been honest with me, I should probably tell you something I've been keeping from you. His eyes narrowed, and he looked like he wasn't sure if he should be worried or annoyed. Okay. I think Liv killed her husband. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tales from the Heart. I hope that you enjoyed it and that you will be back to find out what happens next. Why does Tess think Liv killed her husband? And how will Jack respond to the news? Now, to make sure you don't miss any episodes, be sure to hit the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes are posted. And as a reminder, if you would like to listen to episodes in advance and have them include all the spicy little elements I have to pull out when it posts through the podcast or on YouTube, you can get them through my Ream Stories platform. All you have to do is visit reamstories.com forward slash Jenna Hart. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, this is Jenna Hart wishing you peace, love, and happily ever after.